Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are Today we, we have the privilege, we have the honor to celebrate uh, 15 years, and um, it's, uh, you know, I think about 15 years ago, we started uh, eight people or so in a Miami Lake Starbucks, you know, just talking about the Word of God and, and, and what could be the possibility of what God can do in this area and just... Um, and just saying yes to the Lord and, and just to his calling in our lives and, and uh, just the friendships and the families and the times that we've had. I would say this, serving the Lord, you know, and you've heard me say this probably like in a message. You've probably heard me share this at some point in a preaching or whatnot. Sometimes we're like, well, you know, when I'm a, when, as a Christian, it could get so, it's, it's boring. I want to kind of experience things first and then I'll come to the Lord. Um, but if you serve the Lord long enough, and you truly surrender your life to him, um, you'll be amazed the places that the Lord takes you, um, the places you go, and, and the things that he causes you, causes you to do um, are just thrilling. I, I love talking to like seasoned Christians that are just in the word, in the Lord, and just sitting with them and hearing their stories. Uh, because, uh, just so I don't scare any of you guys, but, but some of their stories are, are intense, you know? And, and you're just like, wow, it's so filling. And uh, so serving the Lord for 15 years in this place amongst you all, it's been such an honor. And um, thank you, Lord, for health, for our youth, and, and for 15 plus more to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to I share some, some things with you today. And uh, forgive me if I'm a little awkward today. This, this, all this stuff makes me feel real awkward. <laughs> and um, it's, if you didn't know that about me, you should know that about me. Things like this feel real awkward. So um, what doesn't make me feel awkward is his word. So let's go to his word, amen? Um, it's good to, to pause and uh, to slow down for a moment and to take time to celebrate and to acknowledge uh, a significant event. It's so important to do that. Sometimes we're, we get in a rush and we forget to pause and say, hey, this is a happy day. This is a good moment. You've ever had a great day that you just wanted to pause, pause and say, I want to stay in this day forever. I've had those days with my family, with my children, um, that I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could just pause this moment right here forever, I would stay in this moment. And it's good to do that, to just pause and celebrate. And when we use the word celebrate or celebration, one of the things that I, I want you to know is celebration is not anything that we're making up just for the sake of 15 years. But celebration is all over scripture. It's all over the text, celebration. Uh, we see, for example, the great celebrations of the year of Jubilee. Uh, it's one that is very known in scripture. And uh, go ahead and study it. Look into what the year of Jubilee is all about. Um, when the Israelites have gone through their seven cycles of seven years, these, uh, this total of 49 years, uh, this re representing of their time in the wilderness to the point of their freedom. On that 50th year, what would be called the Day of Atonement, they would blow the ram's horn and celebrate their freedom from all types of bondage. And if you've ever studied through the life of the Israelites, you'll see that, uh, well, for many years they lived in bondage. They just were constantly... Uh, allowing the enemy and the, th and the things of their world to continue to fortify itself upon them. And the year of Jubilee is, is a massive celebration. In the New Testament, just to kind of fast forward, Jesus would be this atonement for us. Where he died on the cross, and I hope some of you could celebrate this, on our behalf, paying the debt of all of our sin. Not some of your sin, a percentage of your sin, but he paid the debt of all of your sin at this moment and all of your sin forevermore. That's a great time to celebrate. It's a great moment to say, thank you, Lord, that because of my sin, the, the debt of that was hell and was complete separation from you. But Christ stepped in as the atonement, 
as our propitiation, he stepped in and he says, no, I'll take it for you and I'll pay it in full. Your past, your present, and your future. Amen? Amen. And, and that's something to celebrate, that we're no longer in bondage, we're no longer slaves to sin. Very important that we celebrate that when you wake up in the morning, do you wake up with gladness in your heart that you could say, Lord, thank you because I'm no longer in bondage. Like if this is my last day on earth, I know it will be my first day in glory. We celebrate because we've been freed by Christ through Christ and we can truly enter the rest of God, the rest of God that, that he provides. And now we could cease, we could literally just cease to make ourselves acceptable to God by our own good works. We don't have to do that. Your good works are good, but your good works will not save you. And I don't have to live for that anymore. I should bear good fruits. But it's because of our salvation and because of what Christ has done that we do it. And, and now we don't have to fall into religiosity and we don't have to fall into legalism. Man, Christ has set us free. There's so much to celebrate, amen? I've seen that in our 15 years. I've seen legalism break. I've seen demons come off of people in 15 years. I've seen um, salvation occur. I, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful for the last 15 years and where God's taken us into the houses he's taken us, to the encounters we've had, right? Books, like the stories of Acts that have happened just within this church in the last 15 years. It's, it's mind-blowing, and I'm so grateful that the Lord says, I trust you to do those things. So, so be grateful that the Lord can trust this nest, this church, to do those things for his kingdom, amen? Last week, we, we spent some time and we spoke about breakthrough. And I, and I feel like those two words are so important with each other. If we're gonna talk about uh, celebration, we have to be, celebrate the breakthrough in our life, freedoms in our life. But we have so much to celebrate when it comes, uh, yes, to the Lord's goodness and how he has delivered us, as we said, from bondage, all kinds of sin. He's freed us from all kinds of evil but there's a true power of breakthrough that is found in our Lord. How many of you have truly encountered God's breakthrough power? If you haven't, this is what I would love for you to do. Start opening up your hearts right now. I know we're here to celebrate 15 years and some of your, some of your tables are still empty, so we'll, we'll, we'll close up and sing another song in a little bit and you can get more food and come out. We're gonna have music playing and fellowship, but before all of that, if you have not received breakthrough and you've been praying for something and you need God to do those things, that miracle in your life, I want you to open up this, your mind, your heart today for what God wants to do. We have so much to celebrate and I'm telling you that God can do this today and you may be here today and, and, and you're like, man, you know, we're going to talk about this again, but that you would truly come to understand that Christ has the power to do this in your life today. So we wanna celebrate with you if you have never experienced God's breakthrough in certain things in your life, and, and we wanna just uh, maybe sing a song at the end and celebrate with everyone here. So, so let's get into some of this thing as we get into breakthrough and celebration, and somehow, if God is mercy, uh, God's mercy and grace can fall upon me, I'll kind of like bring it together and I'll wrap it up at the end. If I don't, then I need a little bit of extra prayer today, amen? But hopefully God's grace will get me through it. He, he always seems to, but he'll get, he'll get us through it today again. I think about Psalm 150. You've probably read this verse. It's a very popular verse. The psalmist writes about a celebration. I'm going to read it real quick. It's Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Listen to this. The psalmist says, praise the Lord. I mean, just stop there. Can, can we practice? This is sad to say this. Can we just like have like a little practice session here for a moment? Ready? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You've heard us say this. Get used to it. Start doing it because for all eternity you will praise the Lord. <laughs> well, I'm not really big into praising him. Well, get ready because the future there's a lot of praising coming. Praise the Lord. Look at the person next to you and just say, praise the Lord. Uh, some of you are like, well, I'm going to go pray some croquetas in a little bit. Some empanadas. That's what I'm going to go and praise 
Then I'll praise the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. Look what he says. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. I love that the heavens are his. Everything's his. Praise him. Praise him for, look at the mighty deeds. Ready? Guess whose mighty deeds they are. Praise him for his mighty deeds. I know, I know. We want to take it upon ourselves like, it was me. No, his mighty deeds. His mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound and praise him with the lute and the harp and praise him with tambourine and dance. Anyone want to dance today? Be careful. Because if I play music and then you don't dance, then we got problems. Well, dancing's not from the Lord. Well, you tell the psalmist because he said if you praise the Lord, you can dance. And you could give your dance as praise to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise him with tambourine. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with a loud clashing cymbal. And then he says this, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then he doesn't stop. He says it again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You read this psalm and it's a call to celebrate. I mean, I don't know how you don't read this on a miserable day and start to smile. Like, on a low day and start to get lifted up. On a rainy day and start to see the sun appear. Because the whole text here is, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a ray of sun just hitting you. And he's telling you to praise him. It's a call of celebration, and, and the psalmist is calling everyone, and look how he starts off in verse 1. He's calling them, come to church. He says, come to church. I, I, I believe this. I'm a big believer of this. Your greatest praise in the sanctuary, true, genuine, is because of the victory of praise that you're having in your private life. So when you come in praise from that area and you bring it to the sanctuary, this place erupts. And you say, why does the place erupt? Because these people are winning in praise in private. So when they get together in public, it's automatic wartime. It's an automatic eruption. Oh, if we could just get there. A call to celebration where the psalmist is calling everyone to the sanctuary, come to church, and he tells them to celebrate, and specifically, if they're gonna celebrate in anything, they're gonna celebrate in this one phrase, in this one thing, in this one person, and the celebration is, praise the Lord. And then he says, do it with a shout, and he says to make a noise, Make noise and make music with all kinds of instruments. And let, let's praise him, he says. And then he says something very, very important in verse 2 for who he is and for what he's done. <clears throat> he says it exactly like this. He says, let's praise him for his mighty deeds and let's praise him according to his excellent riches. We're praising him for who he is. We're praising him for what he's done, what he's doing, and in our faith, what he will continue to do. Do Are you sitting, and can you possibly believe that God is done working? There is so much goodness of God that is going to fill this land and fill his people. And in the future expectancy of the bride of Christ, we could still praise him. There's so much celebration in scripture. There's so much to celebrate for. I know that Solomon, the great wise Solomon, he he writes in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, and he does say that there's a time for everything. He talks about there's a time for uh, to weep, but then he says there's a time to laugh. And then he says there's a time to mourn. And for all my dancers, I don't know why I'm picking on you so much today, and then there's a time to dance. I mean, here, here's dad, you know, the, the son... Dance and praise the Lord. And then the son comes in. He's like, dance. <laughs> you could see where he learned his dancing from. But, but I think when you, da- like no one dances in mourning, right? No one dances in sadness. Like, what are you doing? I'm so sad today. No one does that. 
That, that, that's a rare thing. That is a, um, an automatic appointment to a therapist and all that. Like, it's not, it's not going to go good. But when you dance, it's at a wedding, right? Because it's filled with joy. When you dance, it's, it's in places of celebration. And, and, and here is the psalm is saying to do this. And here's Solomon talking about the same thing, that there's a time for everything, but there's also times to celebrate. And there is continual celebration, and, and I want you to know this, there is continual celebration in heaven, that is for sure. You might be like, do you really think we're going to celebrate in heaven forever? What do you think my answer is going to be to you? 100% we're going to celebrate forever in heaven while life goes on. We can't get into that conversation right now. Meet me in the parking lot. We'll have conversations for hours about heaven. I love to talk about heaven. But it's, it's gonna, life goes on. I know we think about heaven because Hollywood has killed our brain when it comes to heaven. It's not the little chubby kids with wings. It's not this good looking angel that could be a model of a magazine with ribs, with um, his, a six pack and it's, it's mighty angels with six wings and I mean it's, it's Balls of fire, these angels. It's, it's, it's the glorious, splendid presence of God. And, and, and life goes on and nations continue and, 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 and water's running from the presence of God. And, 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 and guess what's happening? Christ sits on his throne. Keep guessing. And songs are being sung. I don't know, like worship's not for me. The singing is like, eh. Songs are being sung. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the angels are singing songs. And the 12 elders are singing songs. And everyone in the presence of Yahweh is singing songs and giving gifts. It's, it's a continual, ongoing celebration as nations continue to live. And as the world continues to go on on the new earth, there is a continual celebration in the new Jerusalem for the one who sits on his throne is the same yesterday the today and forevermore. There's a celebration and it doesn't stop. It just goes on. Like, well, when does it end? Never. <laughs> it never ends. I hope that you like to celebrate because God is going to call you to the greatest party that you've ever. What's the greatest party you've been to? I'm going to tell you mine. What's the greatest party you've been to? Tito was with me. What's, what's the greatest party you've been to? Oh, that's the, Tito was with me at my wedding, so yes, it was my wedding. You were with me at my wedding? Remember my wedding? That was the greatest party we've been to. I mean, Whatever your great, I'm going to keep going. Whatever your greatest <laughs> celebration is, your greatest party, the Lord is like, I'm preparing this party. I'm preparing a feast. And on that day, we'll drink and eat again. There's a continual celebration. And there's celebration. Listen to this. I, I, li I like to say this. There is a celebration in heaven uh, for things that, that still happen here on earth. Sometimes I think we live on earth and we feel like heaven is just like far away because we're into Star Wars and stuff. <laughs> so you're like from a galaxy far, far away. Like that's not heaven. <laughs> heaven is not a galaxy far, far away. Heaven is a real thing very, very close by. <laughs> it's a real kingdom and it's closer than what you think. Again, we could blame Hollywood. But there's a celebration in heaven for the things that happen on earth. Like, why? Why does heaven care about things that happen on earth? Well, he's creator. We're his creation. I think he's a part of it. I think he's still really involved, and he really cares still what's happening with creation. Amen? You see, I want you to know this today, and, and, and soon, I'm, I'm, you'll see how quick this ends today. But, you see, heaven and earth are not separated. They're not um, one from the others, you know, separated one from the other. They're actually, I don't, I don't know if I could describe this the right way, but I'll say it this way. Very simple. Here it is. 
there are two worlds and two kingdoms living amongst each other. They are. Okay, I, I didn't want to say all this stuff, but remember when like Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration? You could go visit that mountain right now if you want. Doug, am I right? You could visit that mountain right now. Yeah. You could go visit that mountain right now, but heaven touched that mountain. I mean, and we see episodes like that all throughout Scripture. It's two worlds, two kingdoms that they're all together. They're working right alongside and intertwined with one another. I'll tell you what, Jesus uses this parable to show us. Celebrate with me, ready? Luke chapter 15, verse 3, all the way to 7 says this. He tells this parable, and he says, What man of you, woman of you, having a hundred sheep, yes, he's talking to shepherds at this time, if you've lost one of them, does, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he finds that one sheep, right, the one sheep that he lost, from the hundred, there's 99 left, there's one that's lost. He lays it on his shoulders when he finds it. And look what he does, verse five. Rejoicing, celebration. He begins to rejoice when he finds that which is lost. You know exactly what I'm talking about because you lost your keys and you spent minutes that felt like hours looking for it and you threw pillows around and you threw all your clothes around and you emptied out your closet and your keys were right there on top of that same table and you celebrated when you found your keys. How many of you could say amen to that? I'm still looking for some things that I've lost. Pray for me. And he says, when you found it, you laid on your shoulders and you rejoice. Verse 6. And when he comes home, look what he does. He calls together all of his friends and his neighbors. I'm glad I'm not his friend or his neighbor. And he says to them, rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Can you imagine being a shepherd and the shepherd's neighbor? And like, dude, it's just a sheep. I'm not going to go over but then I started to love animals, right? So now if like my neighbors are here and if their dog gets lost and they're miserable, I mean, I can't even imagine that. Let's not even talk about that. But they come back and tell me, we found Apollo. I'm going to rejoice with them and we're going to have dinner at night. And Amen. God's done a great transformation in my heart. And it says, he calls all his friends, all his neighbors. He says, Rejoice. Verse 7, just so I tell you, and look what he says in verse 7, so good, highlight this, circle this, remember this, go back home, study this. He says, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Wow. I love this parable. I love this story because what is Jesus saying here? It's like that one person was so important. Yes, there are 99 that are doing their job. There are 99 that are doing great. There are 99 that are righteous and serving God, but one that becomes lost and is found again, there is a great celebration over that one than over the 99. Why? Because the 99 are part of the celebration. Why celebrate that which is celebrated? Celebrate the one who's returned. Celebrate the one that is lost and now is found. And over one soul, earth, um, heaven erupts. Churches don't even erupt over one soul. Have you thought about that? We just throw numbers up like on social media. 15 got saved today. Angels sung songs today. Voices were heard and instruments were played and thunderings and lightning been in the throne of God because one sheep came back home. And we're like, two people got saved today. Put it down on the, what's that planning thing we're doing? Planning center. <laughs> That's it? Put two people down in planning center? Heaven erupted. Church, like we're 15 years. What are we going to do for the next 15 years when on Sunday someone comes to the Lord? We should do this right here. We should do this right here. What are you doing? Why did you do this on Sunday? Because you accepted Jesus. Jesus transformed your life last Sunday. So today there's a party for, for what Christ did in your... Can you imagine? we having parties every weekend in this church. It might, it might wake some of us up to go and save more lost. Amen? I want to have a party next Sunday again. I got to go to work and save someone. You guys know what I'm talking about, though. 
stand. <sighs> One person. All right, so this is a little, not too long, but my lengthy ending. Here it is. <laughs> I end in length. Here it is. I, I love the parable that Jesus uses here in Luke 15. But right after he says this, he goes from one parable to another parable, and he's going to bring them together. And, um, oh, Lord, thank you for your word. He talks about a man with two sons. Any man in here have a, have a son? Any man in here have a son? Some of you men are scared to admit it. What's going on? I do. <laughs> okay, I do too. Come on. Celebrate. Ready? How many, any men in here have a son? Amen. All right. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> I was looking at you the whole time. You did one of these earlier. <laughs> My dad did this from the back. It's you. And thank you for the amen. He talked... Amen. He talks about a man with two sons in Luke 15, right after the story. And, and, and here, here's, this is funny, very interesting. The, the, you've heard this story probably, they, they call it the prodigal son, the lost son, and you can call it whatever you want. Um, you can call it the good father, you can, call it, you can call it the other son a name if you want. But the younger son um, comes to a very interesting place in his life. Um, the younger son, maybe he was influenced by his friends. I'm, kinda, I'm gonna talk today in modern day terms. Um, maybe it was the times that he was living in, because that's like things that we say, right? Oh, the times that we're living in. Maybe it was the times that he was living in. But he was the younger son, you know? If you're a parent, it was the younger child, you know? Sometimes they say it's that last child. It's the last child. Maybe his dad was older. And because his dad was older, he was just a little bit looser, his younger son, because all his energy already went out to the older son. I don't know, this is the thing, I, this is what I do when I read the scripture. Like, ah, I just start, I start to think about like, ah, oh, how did this look? How can I get into this? How can I dive into the pages and like be part of this story? So I'm thinking like the guy's old, or I'm thinking like he's tired, he's like, I can't. My young son is like overwhelming. I took all my, like I took my other son to all the little league games. I, I can't do this anymore, I'm done. Maybe so he was just looser with this younger son. Or can it be that the mom is never mentioned? Have you noticed the mom is never mentioned in this parable? So let's go into the story. Maybe the mom isn't mentioned. So maybe the dad is a widower. Maybe he's just a single parent taking care of his two kids. I don't know what the story is, but for whatever, I know why he does it. But for the reason why he does it, he mentions a father and two sons. Well, this younger son comes up to his dad and he asks, he says, Dad, I know you made some money, and you made some money off the land that you sold. You sold some property, and you made a good chunk of cash uh, from that sell. And you said, I heard you, when you sold it, your purpose behind selling it was you were going to divide it between my brother and I. Uh, so you could almost see he's kind of nervous, right? Well, Dad, I wanted to ask. The reason why I asked is if you wanted to have like, breakfast with me, <laughs> some coffee with me. I, I, I wanted to ask, you know, I was thinking, I, I wanted to leave for some time, Pops. Dad, Dad I just want to, I, I want to get away, I want to move. Now, you can imagine this story. Maybe he said something like this to his dad, I want to move to the city. I want to move to the city. I want to focus on my independence. I want to figure out who I am, Dad. So, I know you made some money. I'll take what you're giving me, Dad, and I promise I'll, I'll make something out of it. I'll do good with the money. I feel restricted here, Dad. You could, can you hear this story in that parable? Yeah, I know, you know, I thank you for everything. You've been a great father. I love you so much, Dad. It's just like I want to be my own person. And that's what the younger son is telling his father. I want to be my own person. And then you could almost see like he's smiling nervously. He's like, what do you say, Dad? What do you say, good idea? Would you give me that cash that you saved up for me, for my brother? Would you give my portion? Would you give it to me now? Come on, Dad. I know I'm your favorite. 
You know, I think there's a lot to unpack when it comes to this younger son and his father. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you some things that I thought about. Ready? I believe that this is traumatic. I believe that there's trauma, and this is a trauma, and it brought great concern to my mind. You ready for this? I believe something, uh, here it is. What great, great concern to my mind was, and to my heart, when I thought this, it's I believe it's devastating that a son is not familiar with his identity when he's in the presence of his father. That killed me when I read that. I said, what is this son doing? He's trying to find identity outside of dad. And I said, that is disastrous and devastating. It pained my heart to think that this younger son thought that he would find his true self disconnected from father. Not knowing that his greatest blessing is that father knew what is best the greatest blessing to be able to wait, to wait for the appropriate time, if you've studied the Old Testament, you know very well about this, for Father to lay hands of blessing upon that child and commission him forward. But in his mind, he thought, oh my goodness, I gotta find out who I am. And, and instead, this young man, he chooses to go on his way by himself to find out what's out there in this world, to find out what he's been missing while he's been with his father all this time. If you know the rest of the story in Luke 15, you know how this story goes then. The father recognizes that his son is of age. And because he recognizes that his son is of age, he has to Learn, my son needs to learn how to make decisions for himself. <clears throat> so what he does is he grants him his plea and he gives him the money that was being saved for him. But no one, remember this as we get ready to make a turn here, no one knew the son like the father did. The, father wanted to, uh, the son wanted to find himself and the father's like, son, here you're found. There you're lost. Well, I just want to go see it for myself. You're lost. No one knew him like the father did. You might be sitting like, well, how do you know that? Well, I'll tell you why I know that, because of verse 20. Verse 20 shows us that. Verse 20 says it so perfectly, it's almost like in our face. Verse 20 tells us that while the son was a far way off, his father saw him and he began running to him. I want you to think about what that means. That means but one thing. It means that his father was looking out at a distance for his son to return. Parents, your child has ever gone on a trip? Your child has ever gone out at night? What have you done? You look at your phone every five minutes. Have they called? Have they texted? Have you checked in? Have they posted something on social media to see, make sure that they're there? Why? Because you're a parent, and you know what's really out there, and you know your children very well. What's out there, my child? Uh, stay home. You're better off here. So what happens is when the son says, I'm going to go back home, the father already sees him from a distance and starts to run towards him. Because the father knew the son should have never separated from him. So the rest of his days, he was looking out with binoculars. I know that my son has to come back home. And if this is truly my son, like I know it is, he will return. He will return and I will accept him again, even if he lost and he wasted all the money that I saved for him. But I'm going to accept him again. What happens next is so refreshing in the story. Forgive me, I haven't read one part of that story yet. I'm just paraphrasing it for you. You can read it later. I'll read a section of it to you now. And it's so interesting, so refreshing, because so many here can relate. You can either relate to the father, you can either relate to the younger son, or you can either relate to the older son. But here is this story about this young son. This son, he lost it all. And maybe you haven't lost it all in your life. I'm going to be very honest with you. Maybe you haven't lost it all in your life. But I know many that have lost it all. I know people that have lost it all. 
And this young man, he lost it all. He saw himself at the lowest place that he's ever been. He was miserable. He was in sin. He was lost. Listen, church, and he was alone. He understood that he was well when he was at his father's house. I was doing great when I was at daddy's house. I was doing well. I was happy. I was joyful. I had everything that I needed. But walking away from father's presence brought great disaster upon his life. But then in a moment in this story, bam, he has a breakthrough. Immediately, oof, something pops. Something ever just pop? You ever had a breakthrough like that? Watch this. Verse 17 tells us this. Very simple verse, very simple sentence, and it says this. But when he came to himself. Wow. You know what that tells me? That when he told his dad, dad, give me the money so I could go find myself and so I could figure it, that means he wasn't himself. And when he started to waste it and he started to eat from the pig's food, that wasn't himself. But he comes to a place where something snaps in his mind, in his spirit, and he goes, when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, when something broke in his life, he was so lost He was so bound, he was so alone. Listen, listen, he was living outside of his calling, outside of his identity, outside of his purpose, especially the purpose that the father had for him and for his brother. Some of you dads, you know what I'm talking about. You have things and you have plans for your children and you hope that your children could follow your footsteps and and maybe they were, if they could just listen to me and maybe they could take over the business. You know what I'm talking about. And this kid just walked outside of that. But his breakthrough brought him back to the father. But when you read this in reality and in truth, we see that the father actually went running to him. Because our breakthrough or anyone else's breakthrough doesn't just deal with what we do. Yes, we are responsible for our part. But the Father is the only one that meets us in the place of restoration, in the place of freedom, in the place of forgiveness. It's only the Father that can do that. And then when we're there at that place where the Father comes before us, and we're before him, come on. And we had this whole conversation planned between us and the Father. Well, I'm going to tell him this. I'm going to say, Dad, I I, I messed it up. I lost all the money like you told me it was going to happen. Dad, I I think I got a couple girls. um, Nah. Dad, uh, I don't know how to say this to you, but I'm better off being a servant in your house than even a son. He has all this stuff planned. He's walking and he's rehearsing it. Okay, I think I know it by memory. (laughs) Amazing story. And when he finds himself before the presence of his father, right there, right before his father, immediately, I mean instantly, I can't think of another word, come up with a better one, celebration starts to happen. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment, dad. What are you doing, son? He doesn't even ask that. He's, he's already coming, and he's like, where's my dad carrying? He has sandals and a robe and a ring on, and he's going to bring it all to his son. He's like, give, you, give me the robe. Give me the ring. Give me the sandals. I'm going to put them back on my son. And as he's running towards his son, his son sees him. He sees his son, and his son's like, Dad, I messed it all up. And the moment that he's saying all of that, he's like, bring in the fattest cow we're going to eat tonight. And the son is like, You're not going to spank me. You're not going to hang me. You're not going to kill me. You're not going to, what are you, like, this is, this is your response. We're going to, what? We're going to celebrate? Your response for me losing everything, your response for being lonely and lost and wicked and sinful, your response is when I come back to you to ask for forgiveness and restoration, can you please help me? All you do is going to go instantly to a point of celebration. Come on, let's read the end of this story with, between the father and the son. Ready? Luke 15, verse 20 to 24, so you can read it for yourself. Here it is, enough paraphrasing. And he arose and he came to his father. 
But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and he ran and he embraced him and he kissed him. My goodness. And when the son and the son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned before you. I am no longer to even be wor- I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, my son. Can you imagine how bad you are, fathers, whoever you are? Remember about your, eh. Remember that one? <laughs> I have one. Okay. How bad can they get that they come to you and say, don't even call me son anymore? Think about how low this kid went. Have you thought about that? He's admitting it right here. And instantly as he's saying this sentence, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He stripped sonship from his own life. And when he makes that declaration, watch what the Lord is saying here. He says, but the father says to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, not just any robe or his old robe, but bring the best robe, put it on him, the ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Oh, and they're like, okay, on our way. He's like, not only that, but bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and let us celebrate. And then not only that, he says, for this my son was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost and he's found and it says they, not just the father, but everyone began to celebrate. Everyone was rejoicing. Everyone was singing songs. Everyone was playing the trumpet, the lute, the tambourine, and giving a shout. Everyone was in the place of worship. Man, celebration is such an important part of what we do and of who we are. Can we learn for the next 15 years to be intentional, to win, so that we could do better in celebrating? Because you can't celebrate if you don't win. So let's start to win. What do you think I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm not telling you to write a check of $1,000 right now. I want to win your money. I mean, if you want to do that, do that. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> win. Win what? Souls. That's the most, the most important thing that we could do as the church. It's win. And if you win souls, now you give yourself the opportunity in this church to what? Celebrate. Celebrate. It starts to win, and we start to celebrate. Celebration is part of what we are, who we are, what we do. We mourn when another believer passes, but yet it comes with celebration. The believers are weird like that. Because we know the promise of scripture. It tells us that we go to be with Christ and one day we'll see them and unite with them eternity. So we celebrate. We get sick and we celebrate because we believe that there's healing in Christ. We struggle here on earth. But we celebrate because we know we don't belong here. That our home is in another kingdom. I know weird stuff like that we say. We celebrate. And in this story, the younger son left the father. He wasted all that was saved for him on sinful living. I mean, what a slap to the father's face. But in this story, it shows us that anyone who comes to believe and trust in God again can receive the breakthrough that they're praying for or believing for. And listen, as you're praying and believing for a breakthrough, can I burst your bubble for a moment? It may not look like how you want it. It may not feel like how you want it. And it may not sound like how you want it. But the father reminds us that if you come to trust and surrender to him, breakthrough is found. And on the other side of that breakthrough, there is love, there is compassion, there is forgiveness, there is restoration, and so much more that will be here forever. It's on the other side. That's part of your breakthrough. So today we celebrate as the worship team, we're going to sing a song, we're going to get some food and all that stuff. And as we celebrate 15 years, that's what we're doing. We're celebrating today, 15 years. Thank you, Lord. And as we do, we celebrate sons. Did you hear what I just said? As we do, we celebrate sons. We celebrate daughters. You know, there is no church if there is no you. So we celebrate sons and daughters that have made their way to the Father to stand in their identity and to move forward in the Father's will for them on earth. What are we doing here today? We're celebrating God, his mercy and his grace. 
but we're also celebrating the church that has come before the presence of their father and that the Lord has put a robe on you, a ring on you, and sandals on you so that you could be his identity here on earth. How many of you can say amen? amen. And as we celebrate that, amen. <laughs> Praise God. And as we celebrate that, as we celebrate 15 years, most importantly, we celebrate the Father. The Father who has had compassion and patience with us. How many of you can say, the Lord has had patience with me? Amen. You know, I always think about like, what is the first thing you're going to say to God when you see him? Have you ever thought about that? I think I figured out, I think, I figured it out. And my one question is, why were you so patient with me? I don't know. That's just me. Why were you so patient? We're going to celebrate the Father who's been so faithful to always have his eyes on us. We celebrate the Father that has kept us and has been faithful year after year, week after week, day after day to speak to us and to invite us into his presence. That's what we're celebrating. You know, I told you we could write books on the last 15 years. But I want to challenge this church. Let's write books of what's to come. Man, I thought I was going to get an amen. Let's write books on what's to come. There, there's, you know, there's so many more sons that are lost, that are broken, that are in sin, that are alone, that need to come to their right mind, come to their right mind, come to their true identity, to enter into the Father's embrace once and for all. So amen, you know, we celebrate 15 years, but 15 years is not the end, that's just the beginning. I say all this to remind you that there's still so much more to do. Maybe you feel weary, tired. I know I have leaders in here that are tired and weary. I know it. You see it. You see it in your eyes. I see it in your service. You see it in mine. <laughs> you're tired and weary. But if you're a son and daughter, there's so much more to do. So, we must figure out why we're growing weary in doing good. Right? In that scripture? Why? Because the Bible says what? Don't. If you're doing good, why are you growing weary? You should be going from strength to strength, glory to glory. A lot of things to discuss there, amen? There's so much more to do, so many more to touch to witness to, to love on, to care for, to walk with. And I pray that we would do just that. And if we don't have this as our focus, then what will the next 15 years be for? For show, for glamour, for recognition, for fame. The heck with that. The next 15 years should be for the glory of the Lord and to win souls for his kingdom. That's it. That's it. Shine the lights to him. Put the smoke machine to him. Put the glory unto him. And let him be glorified over this body, over this family. And you could say, God did it. God's doing it. God continues to do it. So what am I to do? What are we to do? Well, let's just be the instruments the Lord can use. The Bible says that in the house of the Lord, right, in, the, in, in a house that there's instruments of honor and dishonor. Let us be instruments of honor that God can look at and say, them I will use to help others break through and fall into the Father's arms. Amen? Hallelujah. I almost want to like stop everything and have an open discussion. But let's go eat empanadas, croquetas, cafe, Y jugo de naranja. Gloria a Dios. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for such an, 
a joyous day that we could celebrate. Uh, I pray that this word does not just fall on, um, on soil that is rotten, full of weeds, or where the sun is going to burn it up, or where the birds will come and take it, but that this seed, this word would land on good ground, good soil, that it would produce much fruit, that it would give vision and growth to this church that we would be a church that wins, so we celebrate, so we win and we celebrate and we break through, and we're helping others break through. Lord, I'm sure there was a sentence today, a word today. I'm sure there was a second, a minute, maybe an hour, something was said that maybe touched someone's heart. I pray that they would not leave, that it just sinks and it goes nowhere, but that they would leave here and that that would become fruitful that that would not leave their mind, that you would do a great work in that word. Lord, I'm just an instrument in a vessel that you've been patient with. So I pray that your word that spoke through your instrument today will land and do what only it can do. That it will come and enter our hearts, our spirit, our soul, Lord, powerful. That you would do something mighty in every single one of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this call to win, to celebrate, to break through. I pray that we would have a good rest of the morning. Thank you for all the food that is out there that we're eating and that we'll continue to eat, for all the drinks that are out there, for the fellowship. Lord, I thank you for the brothers and sisters that were here to super late last night. They know who they are. Uh, I can't recognize them all right now, but you can. And you recognize them. And I thank you because they were faithful. And maybe they were faithful with the little thing. But because of that, Lord God, you'll, you'll bless them and put them in places where they could be faithful with much. Thank you for our servants that, that come here and serve with joyful hearts. Not bitter, not complaining, not in a hurry, but they came and they served. Thank you for everyone that had a heart to serve here yesterday. That came early in the morning, that came early today, that set up stuff today, that was running around today. Thank you, Lord, because they make this church possible. They know who they are, every single one. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord God, because we've turned our back. We've said our words. But Lord, you've never turned, you've never forsaken, and you've always kept your word. Thank you for 15 years, and thank you for the next blank amount of years you continue to give us on this earth. So we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor and humility, with reverence, we say, Lord, Thank you for choosing us, for calling us to do your great work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church, together we say. Can you stand with me today? Come on, give him praise as you stand with me. Come on, you can give him a louder praise than that. He's so worthy, he's so worthy. Let's sing this song to the Lord one more time, amen? Amen.